Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard Designs. What do I do for a living? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You've only said that 400 times. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm Karen, and I had a branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Trials and triumphs. <laughs> I'm dying too. My life is so full of triumphs. So full. Look, I can see your long list. list. You have a long list. <laughs> I do. do. All right, you, you get first? to go first then. Okay, I'm looking at my list. There's so many good things. I I think I'll talk <laughs> about. I, I think I've talked to you guys. I, mean, I don't know what to talk about. Okay, first of all, here's an example of how dumb I am. <laughs> Great I start. Love I love the ones. intro. Yes. Okay, so remember, we I renovated my house four five years ago. Mm. Like the main, the main area. I love your jingly earrings. Can y'all hear? Are them? they too jingly? No, I asked Carolyn already. Okay. Oh, they're um, really pretty. They're Sorry. large and in charge. I love them. I got distracted, but I'm looking at them. Mm-hmm. Okay, continue. Look at me in the eyes, Taryn. <laughs> okay. Up right. here. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> so, four or five years ago, we renovated and redid our master, and that is when I, you know, we we often have this discussion <laughs> about should you have a fan in the master bedroom should you not Mm -hmm. and I put one in my master bedroom and a little chandelier as well but I painted it the color of the ceiling this is all on the side so it sort of goes away but anyway so (laughs) this this thing has been hanging in my bedroom for five years the fan the fan and we used it all the time um but it was just like it never really was great well then we discovered we had it going the wrong direction after five years five years (laughs) So finally, Joe like climbed up there and flipped the switch, and now it's magic. Oh, there's actually air, and it feels so nice and cool. Mm. <laughs> That's so. amazing. Five years. Yeah, we're Did, not very smart. I mean, can you tell a difference in the way that it um, rotates? Well, no, I know in the way oh, it feels, but in the rotation. You know what I'm saying? Can you visually see it? Is yeah. that what you mean? It just goes the opposite direction, so the way the fan, the blades are tilted. So if it's pushing the air down or pushing the air up. No, I get that. But oh. what I'm saying is, you know, when people go to Australia and they talk about the toilet flushing the wrong way, <laughs> oh, they can see it. And when, it's, you, when you look up at it, yes. No. Okay. I have a question. Why have that option in most fans? Because then, if when it's hot and you want heat you, to come down, when it's cold and you want heat to come down, it does that. It pushes ah. the heat down from the ceiling. See, when it's when it's cold out and I want my house warm. I don't even think about using the fan. Right, no, right. Flipping. I feel like it makes fan. more sense if you have really tall ceilings. Like in an eight foot where it's yeah, room, warm it's like, how warm is it really? Two feet above True. me. And I you don't know? have super high ceilings. <laughs> but <True. laughs> if you have a big 20 foot room, then it probably makes a big difference. That makes you know sense. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so is that, I don't know what that is. And I'm dumb. I is it even a trial or triumph? <laughs> I'm going to say trial. Okay. That's a trial. <laughs> All right. Five years later Being is a trial. Being dumb is a trial. No. I bought something I love. Okay. That's definitely Tell us triumph. About it. Triumph. Okay. These are not cheap dates, y'all, but they are so cool. So <laughs> I got them from Ballard. They're these, they're called the Devon lamp and they are, you you plug them in and charge them and then they, you can put them somewhere where you can't plug. Say for instance, they're, they're, they're like 30, they're pretty tall. 30 inches tall, I'd say maybe. 
something yeah. and brass and beautiful, heavy. Um, Very library. So, right. I bought them to go on the bar downstairs where there's no power hmm. um, on the bar. But I also think they would be so cool on a dining table because um, mm-hmm. you can dim them really dim. What bar? The bar in your... The bar in the bar. I've, the, I bar own, the bar. I own the Compton's Bar. <laughs> From Ballard Designs that they sponsor oh. our podcast. I'm not sure yes, if you're yes, aware. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of them? Have you heard of Ballard? Well, your bar down in your basement. You didn't uh-huh. say basement, so it threw me off. Because oh. I was thinking, like, do you have a bar in your dining room? Where's the bar? No. Is it in the kitchen? Is it on your pe- peninsula? And that's what you're calling your bar. I'm Every like, place is a bar in Got it. One need it. <laughs> true. Not, well, okay. I was gonna say not true, but it kind of is true. Um, <laughs> but these things are so amazing, they you guys, cool. because they're heavy. They look. I don't know, they look like something you found in some really neat vintage store, but they have all the technology of today. So you plug mm-hmm. them in um, with a cord, you know, over in the corner, and then they la- they'll they be on for 40 hours. So wow. you're, you're generally yeah. not there for 40 hours. You know right. what I mean? So you turn so it you're on. So not, you're not charging, charging them every, every day. Okay. Right. Great. Fabulous. Yeah. Devon, D-E-V-O-N. So you have two on, because I remember during mm-hmm. your basement tour, mm-hmm. if anyone watched that on our Instagram TV, um, you talked about how you wanted to put lighting in it, and uh-huh. Joe Refused. vetoed the idea. Yes. So now you kind of get to do it halfway. Yeah, and he loves it. So how many did you? Oh my God, are you using that now? So are yeah. you going to use those at, during the holidays? I know you host a lot of people. Are you going to put them on the tables then? I could, and the other cool place you could put them as a mantle. You know, because oh, often yeah, mantles yeah. don't have power. Yeah, and then you don't want to run the cord. Mm-hmm. Or a little secretary or something, or super high up. I don't know. High up be hard because you have to turn it on and off. Um, But they're really amazing. How cute would it be to do like a very cozy library themed like dinner party and have them in the center of the table? Right. Because they're very very thin. It's almost like a taper. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't block your eyesight. That'd be kind of cute. Yeah. I love them. They're $300. 300 and something. Oh. I think they're worth every penny. You guys, if you hold these things, they are hefty and yeah. lovely so that's my triumph and in theory you could that have it triumph. plugged in all the time if you wanted to right yes i assume you could yeah like if you just if you wanted to plug it in and use it as a lamp right sure or you could cool. carry it around like scrooge <laughs> in, in your <laughs> nightgown at christmas talk- that is something i've always wanted to do so well we do great. lose power quite often i guess if i kept that charged i'd be like that's no true. worries let me turn on our lamps yeah that's true. Yeah, that's I right. That. Mm-hmm. Anyway, great. Okay. Cool. We'll I'll go, go next. Okay. Because my mine are fun and seasonal appropriate. So when <laughs> we'll be the, ju- yeah, exactly. the judge of fun. that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So I hosted another party. It's our usual party. Your Halloween party? Yes. Girl, you went all out on that. I <gasps> loved your Instagram stuff oh, on it. Thank oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I think my um, prosciutto hand was <laughs> kind of really creepy. killing it this year, guys. <laughs> Did Literally, anyone eat it? <laughs> people ate the fingers. No one ate the wrist. Guys, it was just the mozzarella. Honestly, it, it grossed me out so much that I couldn't That's eat what it. people said. And it was just mozzarella that was all wrapped <laughs> in prosciutto. And it was killer. And I... It was great. And I stabbed I mean, it, it was with cool. a knife in the middle of it, like straight in the middle of the hand. <laughs> with raspberry jam or something coming out of it. Uh, next year. Next year, the, the jam at the bottom. Brilliant. Right? Karen, Ooh. always stepping it up. Well, I think this is a trial because I spent, you know, prosciutto, with, you know, that's not it's like a lot a, of money. It was a lot of money in the hand, and I threw away the whole wrist at the end of the night because I was like, I don't, you know how you're just done. People have yeah. touched it. Mm. You're like, it's more effort to me to wrap it up. 
when you have so much yeah. leftovers mm-hmm. that you're just like, Ugh. well, yeah. So between the two things you just said, I literally tossed it, but I was, I was like, Don prosciutto hand killed it, and also <laughs> I wasted most of it, but it was great. Um, it was, it was actually. Well, the centerpiece of that table was the centerpiece because it was amazing. I'm assuming you're going to tell people about that, but you're like blank stare. No, I wasn't. No, I wasn't but, going to, but I have, I'm happy to. But the hand was yes. was pretty awesome. Well, yeah. this was going to be my trial, but I'll just make it two triumphs. Um, yes, my you can do, lovely you can do neighbor, Prissy. Her name's Prissy. Oh, you, my gosh. I love that. She's 80. And I watched her. <laughs> I fed her cats last week. Because she went out of town, adorbs. And she was like, I want to do something for you. I told her just to come to the party as a gift to me to stop by and say hi. Well, she insisted that she would like to make an arrangement for the party. Well, we usually do a coffin on the table and like there's no room for a gor- like a big gorgeous arrangement, but she wanted to do one. So I have this box that says dynamite on the side that mm-hmm. holds fire sticks, the ones my dog ate, blah, 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 going back on the story. Anyway, so I had her place this long thin arrangement she had in a very very shallow bowl she puts it on her mantle um it was perfect and she laid it on top of the box and it so it looked like the floor was coming out of the box everyone kept being like how did you do that floor on the box and i was like it's not in the box secret it's just it sitting on top and she fabulous. did like i don't understand what you mean maple. wait hold on back up okay. there's a shallow box there's a box it just says dynamite on it it's about eight inches high 12 very like, fall okay you know. okay and then there's an arrangement she that's keeps on, on her top. mantle there's an arrangement that's sitting on top of this box it is sitting in a very shallow container okay that you cannot oh she keeps the container see. on her mantle yes, yes it was like spilling over with okay. plants so you couldn't even see the actual the shallow bowl, bowl. Got so it, it just mm-hmm. looked like the plants were spilling mm-hmm. out of the box and she's put a big a big long rectangle of oasis in, yes like that was taped into this shallow bowl you couldn't see and then had filled it so it was spilling over with fall leaves and um all these mums and yes she had like she'd done the magenta mums and berries and like it was skeleton arms or anything no so i had to so i made it the centerpiece of course and did like black candles and anyway it turned out in like brass and it turned out beautiful but we usually do there was a skeleton hanging from that was tied to the chandelier with fishing wire behind the table. Okay. So there was a skeleton. He just wasn't in the beautiful <laughs> arrangement. But the arrangement still looks great today. So wow. she did a great job. I honestly I think you should do a full blog thing about your party. The food you served. The arra- <laughs> I mean, everything is crazy. The I mean, I couldn't believe the effort you put into that thing. Oh, I love really a good go party. I feel like I just, if I'm going to go to the effort, I want to, like, give it all. Except I'm exhausted and I'm already, like... Ready for all decorations to go away immediately yeah. as soon as the party. Like you don't want to do Christmas, probably. <laughs> it does take me a little while to like want to get ready for Christmas, but yeah. Um, well, that was gonna be my trial, but it's a triumph. It was great. It went great. <laughs> but the other thing I was gonna note real quick is I did go to a house tour um, this weekend at the villas here in Atlanta. They, it was a Schutze built in 1920 mm-hmm. over in Ansley Park. Mm-hmm. Well, I pull up and I come inside into the main entrance hall of this beautiful old building, and we get, and there's these ca- big cafe tables that look like ours. Yeah, we in the cor- sponsored the event. Yeah, didn't know that. <laughs> didn't know it until I was there. And I was like, that looks like our product. And then I saw on the back, I was like, oh, we sponsored this event. Um, it was fantastic. Yeah, because that is where Great our founder us. lived when she founded Ballard. And many of our early catalogs were shot at the villa. 
And so I really mm-hmm. wanted to support that building in the community in Atlanta mm-hmm. by providing product for the, uh, it was like the 100th anniversary, I believe, or yes. something, yes. of the villa. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. It was yeah. absolutely stunning, and some of the homes were gorgeous, and it was it I was didn't know really that Helen great. lived there when, um, when she found That's cool. Well, the con- her condo that was featured in Met Home was in the villa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew about her condo. I just didn't know that's where the condo was. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. My mind is blown. <laughs> it was really cool. So that was going to be my triumph. It was gorgeous. I love anyway. that. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it was great. You made, it, you made all my things positive today. Okay, Caroline, it's your turn. Okay, so I realized in listening to one of our previous episodes that I did not – I mentioned to y'all that I had these kitchen troubles where my trash can, pull-out trash yes, can broke. Had a lot of unlock. And my handles. And dishwasher. And, like, I had all sorts of issues. Well, we got all that fixed. <laughs> so we had to, like, get the whole new insert to the trash can done, got, got everything fixed. Oh, no. <laughs> And then my house burned down. No. (laughs) Okay. So then the other morning, this is last week, we're just getting ready for school and, you know, work and all that stuff, morning. And I have, like, you know, been pulling stuff out of the fridge. And then Will's like, I think the the light in the fridge just went off. Um, And I was like, oh, oh gosh, okay, well, I'm going to order a new light, you know, whatever. And he's like, actually, wait, I think that the whole fridge might be off. It's like, okay, well, I just do not have, we don't, like, we have to go, we got to get to work. Like, I'll come home at lunch and I'll try to figure out what the problem is. So I come home at lunch, pull the fridge out of the, the light's still not on. I pull the fridge out of the little, like, little nook in the wall that it's in. The outlet is not working, as are half the outlets in our kitchen. Mm. Just all of a sudden, I have no reason. Was it a breaker? Yeah, I went and checked the breaker. Nothing. They weren't. Yeah. Anyway, so we have a huge extension cord running <laughs> to... Well, at least you got that, right? At yeah, At least true. you can plug your fridge in. I'm like, oh, shoot. Am I going to have to move everything to our basement? I'm like, duh. Just use a different plug. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, so I have to have the electrician come and do that. It's like uh, always, always something. something. Tell you rent. Yeah. Be a renter. Those millennials <laughs> have got it right. You know what they're doing. Um, But, I mean, luckily, well, I'll let y'all know what happens. Hopefully, it's just a, a small issue and it's not... Like a huge electrical issue, but wiring your whole house. Mm, yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, so that's fun, especially with a toddler who is intent on like pulling every. You know what I mean? Yeah. Luckily, the I've sort of rigged it to where the extension cord is like, kind of goes over this because it goes over a doorway because mm-hmm. I have to get it across the kitchen mm-hmm. because those are the only outlets that work. Mm-hmm. So we've sort of we have a whole. I bet it's attractive. Yeah, it looks great. (laughs) Real pretty. Is it the orange one too? Yes, it's bright orange. orange, Of course. And it's like super long, so it's like in a – anyway. So that was – that's my trial. I'll keep you posted on that one. But my triumph is that I got my – Tine, dining table. <gasps> your, looks awesome. Your my tulip, tulip table? table? Yes. Oval or round? so good. It's oval. I oh. bet it looks so good in that big picture window. It looks amazing. Mm. So this was my plan all along. I think I briefed all of you on my my vision for a kid-proof formal dining room. And it consisted of the tulip table, which has a quartz top. It's not a marble top. It's quartz. So it's Much more durable. fully wipeable, stain-resistant, yada, yada, because we don't have we only have one dining space, so but I love a formal dinner party, so I wanted a space that could look really pretty and kind of 
look like it's a formal dining space, but obviously we're going to be doing homework and craft projects and, you know, all the stuff there. Mm -hmm. So I got that. So far, so good. It's very sturdy. It looks great. Um, it We had we had that um, the Blair bench from Ballard. And using that bench with the legs, it's like not very they're not meant to go together. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but once we got the tulip table in there, it, it works great and it looks so good. And I've ordered my Louis chairs. I told y'all I'm doing the faux leather with the pattern in the back. So um, good. Hopefully the pattern does not get ruined. But you know, it's like it's, yeah. Spray it with whatever. Some Vectra or whatever. exactly. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a pattern. It's got a lot of different colors in the pattern. So I'm hoping that we will be able to just camouflage. I mean, I mean, come on. You know, people are not that messy, right? Yeah. Not that anytime messy. she's, I mean, granted, she's only, what, a little over one right now. So she's not like helping herself to snacks like maybe a four or five-year-old is. But if she, well, I, by I would the never. Well, they're four or five, they're trained to. Well, hopefully, yeah. Not to be a. But I just mean. Jelly hand. And you might be I done don't with that give her food to like walk or like she eats in her sit at the table. And eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Well, well we see. have high hopes. I may be eating. I may be eating those words high later, hopes. but we'll reupholster. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that is my that's it triumph. It looks so good. Great. I'm very pleased. Congratulations! Yeah, and good job. I've never had like a big girl table, dining table. You know what I mean? Like a dining oh, table right. is a it's expensive a big purchase. purchase. Mm-hmm. So I feel very grown up. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> All of my other, other tables have come from Craigslist. So, oh right. wow, yeah. you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You've grown up old. Oh, and okay. you're old. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, although I, you can find some good stuff on Craigslist. That's true. No, no not against Craigslist. Craigslist. Yeah. Okay, so I think that we are going to get to our guest now. Oh, let's do Yay. It. Today, we have best-selling author of over 18 books, Susan Sully. She's also a photographer, and you've contributed to the New York Times, Town & Country, Veranda, Southern Accent, Southern Living, um, and many times your books are paired, you've paired up with architects and designers to help them sort of showcase their work. And we're actually here to talk about your newest book, Southern Hospitality at Home. And so thank you. Thank you for welcome. coming You're back. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. This is so much fun. And I have to say, I love Ballard Design. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. I just, 18 books. Like, yeah. how? Did you start when you were eight? <laughs> I started when I was 30. I had always wanted to be a writer. I had always loved the home. And I couldn't quite figure out how to put it together when I lived in New York City. But when I moved to Charleston when I was 30 and I saw the beautiful houses and I saw that nobody had done a book that really addressed a national audience, I was so excited and I thought, I'm going to do it. And, it, you know, I, I was you know, the most tenacious wannabe author possible and landed a deal with Rizzoli. And wow. that led to one thing after another because that book was a bestseller. And then they said, what's next? So I said, Savannah. 
Ah. And then somebody else said, what's next? And I said, Morocco. <laughs> I like that was it. smart. That was brilliant. Yeah, that, that was, was super fun. And it just sort of went from there. And I wrote books about places. And then I got really interested in themes about the South. So cottages, cosmopolitan style. And now mm. this book on probably my favorite subject ever, Southern hospitality. Okay. I, ha- I feel like we have to start there because I loved the intro to your book where you talk about how the, I guess it's kind of like the geographical characteristics of the South are really where that hospitality comes from. Because we have talked many times on the show about how we always find it so interesting that some of our favorite nationally recognized designers actually come from the South. They may not live in the South anymore. They may live in LA, they may live in New York, but they were born they're, here. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. born here. And how, how unusual. And so I, I felt, I, feel, I would love for you to describe the intro to your book to our listeners so they can kind of get a feel for, for why you think that hospitality, that comfort mm-hmm. is so ingrained in our culture. Well, I think the point that you made about um, rural South, like, you know, having to go out into the country to find things, lies at the heart of the matter. And when I started this book, I thought I could write a fluffy book on this subject because it's pretty and fluffy. But then I thought, no, I want to write a serious book on this subject. I want it to be sort of scholarly in a sugar pill. So (laughs) I did a lot of research and found a lot of quotations from the 19th century about Southern hospitality. And one of them was a story of an 18th century English couple who were going, they were tourists and they were going from Charleston to Savannah and they had to break their stop somewhere. So they stopped at this plantation They didn't know the people, but the people welcomed them in. And there's this beautiful description of their gorgeous bedroom with comfortable chairs and white linens and a porch. Well, they said, which we call a piazza here, from which you could smell orange blossoms. And the lavish breakfast they gave them, which had about 25 ingredients. (laughs) And then said, and this is hospitality to a stranger. And you often experience that here in the South. Wow. And somebody else wrote that hospitality to a stranger is the greatest form of hospitality. And then Bobby McAlpin said something wonderful. He said, you know, in the South, because there was this rural culture and people, you know, who didn't have a lot of neighbors and didn't see a lot of other people, he said, when someone was coming to see you, it was an event to get really excited about. Mm -hmm. And you would review your inventory of goods and bring out everything that was beautiful because it was exciting to you as well as Mm -hmm. to them. And I think, you know, that's the art of hospitality is it's finding, you know, joy and generosity in doing this. And also one other point has to do with the architecture because this book is about how architecture and interior design express hospitality. And our old Southern houses are designed to work well with the climate. So they have deep porches for shade. They have large windows to bring air and light in. They have wide center halls, often tall staircases to bring the heat up. So everything about building for the climate created beautiful rooms Mm -hmm. and very high ceilings. And I wrote something about how, you know, in a Northern house, you sort of want to huddle around the fire and, and talking quiet tones in a southern house spirits rise people get loud you know, <laughs> parties are fabulous um so uh, those are a few points yeah yeah i just liked the idea that you know in, when you're when you don't have a big metropolis your entertainment is gathering with other people and so that's the only form of celebration you have you can't go to a play you can't go out to dinner i mean it's you really have to do it all with you know within your own social circle and i loved that element of the um the visitors bringing stories and 
you know, new ideas. Right. And so I like the part where it was the hostess's job to set the stage and make it as beautiful as possible. And it was the guest's job to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, which is still true. Oh, yes. I liked it because it said to make music or something. I was like, well, I would have been a terrible guest. <laughs> I have no musical. Not your fiddle. I, I did. And I, I also appreciated um, how you broke the book up into sections and spoke to each section. Um, and so I kind of also wanted to talk about each section because um, – you started with, again, uh, the overall hospitality, but then you broke it down into even like porches. And I wanted to talk about the different type of porches in this. Oh, yeah, there's like, like eight of them. What are yeah. they? Well, there are porch. all these different names for porches. <laughs> so there is a porch, there's a piazza, there's a veranda, which is more sort of Creole. Um, a lot of that became widely used. And then there's a gallery, which is what you have in New Orleans, the narrow little porches oh. there. So you've got the side porches of Charleston. You've and what got, are those? Wait. Those what? are piazzas. Those mm-hmm. are piazzas. Okay. Yes. And it's pronounced piazza, not piazza. Uh, piazza. <laughs> isn't that interesting? Um, <laughs> go figure. Yeah, yeah. I like your research. <laughs> um, that's you just have to say okay. it with a diphthong. Um, and so why were the porches on the side? Okay. So Charleston had a very, very dense urban structure downtown. They were small lots. And so the houses are arranged with their skinny side facing the street mm-hmm. so you can get more house on the lot. Mm-hmm. And then the dependencies like laundry and stables are behind those. So rather, they don't have room for a front garden. So there would be mm-hmm. a side garden. And if you're ever in Charleston, you notice that you don't just walk straight into the porch. You go through a door, which almost looks like the front door of the house. And then you find yourself on the porch. And the reason for that is that you needed privacy on the porch. And the porch is for living in the South. It's not mm-hmm. just pretty. Um, so they needed a place where they could sit and relax and look at the garden. And would they open that door when they wanted to accept visitors? I feel like I've heard that. So in the evening or whatever call-in time was, you'd open your door (laughs) and then people knew that they were able to call on you. Yes, and that's true of the garden gates in particular, that, you know, there's enticing gardens that you can only see through a beautiful wrought iron gate or over a low brick wall. And to create a sense of hospitality to strangers, people would open their gates. So somebody just coming through Charleston could walk through their garden. And one of the persons who still does that is Marty Whaley Adams, whose mother, (laughs) Mrs. Whaley, wrote the best-selling book, Mrs. Whaley's Garden. It's the most visited garden in Charleston. I'm having a book party there Ah. in two weeks. And um, you can go there and just walk in. However, you have to leave a $10 donation at the gate to help pay for the upkeep of the garden. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I Bring mean, that down, getting that book. Mrs. <laughs> and then, I, which I quote in the book, and the other one is Mrs. Whaley entertains, and that's quoted in the book as well. She passed away at least um, fifteen years ago, but she was a brilliant quirky, eccentric, opinionated Southern lady, <laughs> and her descriptions of living in gardens and entertaining in the house priceless. Oh my gosh! So okay, wait. That's oh. just that's just piazza, which I'm saying incorrectly. I've learned um, piazza. Piazza. Yes. <laughs> okay. Galleries. Galleries were really those are private spaces. They're on the second floor mm-hmm. um, in New Orleans. Also, a lot of the houses address a courtyard or just a side drive, and the the galleries are narrow. You know, maybe only like four feet wide, mm-hmm. and they also were a way of connecting the rooms of the house because. Because in French architectural style, they don't have halls in old French urban style that these buildings are based on. So the gallery was a way mm. to get 
get from here to there, but it was also a way to leave those beautiful French doors open and then have your doors, your windows open on the other side of the house so you could have this cross. Yeah. Sometimes galleries are on the front of the house. And when there's that's the case, they are beautifully ornamented with flowers and vines. And, uh, yes, you know, the I offering. love so many of the, the shots you had have it have the vines like mm-hmm. flowing off of the balcony, right. which I think is so pretty. And I talk that's a way to offer hospitality to the stranger. Mm-hmm. Also, the galleries were for viewing the parades during Mardi Gras. Oh, oh of course, right. I just stayed in an Airbnb in New Orleans, and clearly it was a place that had been broken up so the the gallery extended from my apartment over to the next which mm-hmm. i didn't understand I'm like why why do i have to share my my porch mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. these strangers <laughs> but now it totally makes sense because that was all one home before and right. that was how you entered the room i guess yeah. I had no idea. I know. I had no idea. Look, see, we've learned so much. So then the veranda. Mm-hmm. A veranda is a, if you imagine an old southern house with a tin roof, mm-hmm. and that extends out over the porch, and there are narrow columns surrounding it, supporting that, and this might wrap all the way around the house. And these are very deep porches, like 10 feet or so. And those, I say those developed in the West Indies in a place where there was intense sun and a lot of rain. So this kept the sun and the rain out when you needed to have all your windows open. But again, it's it's wonderful for hospitality because those are big enough to entertain on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those houses have either French doors or triple sash windows that you could actually walk in mm-hmm. and out with which, you know, is all about, you know, an offering to the Is there anything there. more charming than that? Just that I love being able to walk through the window. I just think it's so cool. I know. Yeah. And there is one of those in the book in the, oh gosh, I can't remember which section. It's in Savannah on Isle of Hope. And she has the triple sash windows that open to her porch. And she often has dinner on the porch. So you walk from the living room out to the porch. Oh, Very cool. So yeah. Well, I, you even, and I'm switching again, but you talked about how the entrance hall because again being in the south how you can linger longer it's a party room yes well they were yeah you tell it because i just was like you're right <laughs> we weren't freezing you can like say goodbye forever because right. you're not like okay gotta go bye right. you're like you can talk and you meander out the door yeah anyway you go ahead well it is true i mean when you're leaving a southern party it can take 20 minutes oh, to yeah. say goodbye oh gosh um, yes and it is wonderful to have a space it's like a receiving room but it's often an entertaining space because when you have a big party and it overflows into the hall, it's great to have that. And then the hall opens to the porches, so it creates all the space and circulation. Uh, it's also a place that you should decorate. You know, don't ignore the hall, even mm-hmm. if your hall is skinny. Like I live in a 1950s house with a tiny little foyer, but I have an entrance hall and mm-hmm. I have a very dramatic long table with candles and my mother's cut glass on it and uh, and, a, and a modern painting by architect Ken Tate of Brigitte Bardot, which has been painted over with bright colors. So it immediately sets the tone of your house. Mm-hmm. And that's something to think about, um, that to, to offer your personality with confidence in your entrance hall. Yes. That's oh such gosh. a good lesson design decorating lesson i think for everyone and like you said no matter how big or small your entrances are or really any hallway because some you know you may not have even enough room to put something down but do a wallpaper do an amazing art collection Mm -hmm. yeah you know do some wall shelves don't forget the porch Mm -hmm. yes true right your front door or do lighting down the uh, a hall a narrow hall like pendant lighting Mm -hmm. like three pendant lights yes um yeah and the front door i have a whole spread on front doors and beautiful brass locks and doors that have been painted with diagonal stripes or gorgeous hardware because yeah the door you want that to say 
hey, hello, we're really happy you're here and come in and have some fun with us. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I loved all of that. I thought that was, <laughs> I know, I just was eating it up. And you even talked about even the stairwell and the, um, again, back to the, it was needed for the actual climate, but then how they would make these so ornate that you just felt you needed to come in the whole way. Was, right. Yeah. Well, a beautiful railing is the key. I mean, both the shape of the steps, you know, even you can, I have some that are skinny little steps, but they widen at the bottom and they just have this beautiful stair rail that wraps around and goes Mm -hmm. up. And so it draws your eye up and enhances sort of a vertical experience of the space. Even if you're not going up the stairs, you feel that space. Oh my gosh. Was there anything in your research as you were going along that surprised you? I mean, we're, we're three Southern girls, right? So we know we like to eat and drink and have people over and right. have dinner parties and stuff. I never really knew why. Now I do. It's in our DNA. <laughs> um, <laughs> but was there anything that you surprised you about the why behind things? Yes. My favorite, and this is from architect Norman Askins, because basically when I did this book, I did research from... Um, early primary sources, but then I interviewed people who I felt were really spokespeople for Southern style. And one of my favorite things that Norman Askins pointed out to me, because he really knows the history of Southern style, is that originally people lived in their entrance halls more than we think. They had dining tables in there. They slept in there because it was the coolest space in the house. Mm. And one of the houses that I featured, it's an old farmhouse in Austin, Texas. They eat in their por- in their hall. They have a wonderful narrow dining table with a light, a pendant light above it. And so you walk in and there's this really inviting setting just in front of you. So I think that was like the most surprising things. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise, well, you know, just the stories, like the one that I shared about people traveling from here to there and just stopping at a house. Yeah, that yeah. surprised me as well. You yeah. had to stop somewhere, so yeah. you would just and There wasn't like stop. a, you know, Red Roof Inn, a Holiday Inn Express. Right. <laughs> like, it took a long time to get from here to there. Right. And it was tiring. What if we didn't come across a house? Well, I guess there would be t- tales like, oh, you'll see the big white plantation. Right. <laughs> right. Camping. Well, I love that you even said it's like a, it could be a dirt road or lined with trees. Yes. And, and both were just as accommodating. Absolutely. And- there was something nice that um, Dale Couch said, and he is with the University of Georgia in the decorative arts department. And he talked about how the Southern House, one of the reasons it's so inviting that as you approach it down, you know, some kind of wonderful approach, whether it is a dirt road or a tree line drive, um, you, if it, you know, traditionally in the Southern houses, the do- front door would be open. And the back door would be open because that's the most important part of cross ventilation. So you have this transparency of the house. It's not a monolith. And um, mm-hmm. Bobby McAlpin talked about how our shutters and uh, you know are often a little askew. There's a slight dishevelment sometimes. You know, it yeah. makes us feel welcome to approach. Or if it's very very grand, it's saying you know let's be really civilized and let's celebrate, you know, our traditions in a really grand way and have a little theater too. There's theater Mm -hmm. that's involved. Oh, yes. Yeah. I liked the um, Bobby's quote uh, about the living room. Um, He said, you need chairs, tables by chairs and all the props. What they look like doesn't matter as much as the fact that you have made a place for someone who might visit. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. It was more, what? Mm-hmm. I wrote all it down. Props. I know. I, I loved all the props, too. All yeah. the props. Yes. yes. And it well, doesn't really yeah. matter what they look like. You just have to have all that sitting around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, in my living room, 
I have very eclectic things. I have 19th century French slipper chairs in old tangerine velvet. <laughs> and then I have a pair of Art Deco slipper chairs in a sort of a deco aqua color. But one of my side tables is an old milking stool from the plantation that my grandmother grew up in. What? That's cool. That is wow, so neat. That's very cool. So. Oh my gosh. And not precious, but also next to those chairs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it looks great. You know, a little three legged. One of your photos. Uh, the caption said it was a nursing bench on the porch. Yes. What is a nursing bench? So this bench, it's a long bench, but in about half of it, there's a vertical board that comes up from the edge, you know, that where your legs would go over um, so that a baby could be put there and wouldn't fall off the bench. It's brilliant. Oh. It's brilliant. I knew it dealt with kids even when I saw it before reading the caption. <laughs> I was like, why is the half the bench like... Right. Has a safety guard. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is... Amazing. That's amazing. And then what about a bathtub on a porch? Did y'all notice that? that? Too. And you said they use it. Like people take yes. a bath up. And there. I actually have a picture, not in the book, of Lee Epting, who's a big caterer in Athens, Georgia, in his bathtub. He wanted me to take pictures of him in the bathtub. One with clothes on and one with clothes off. <laughs> I love to think about okay, so what would be you know, if I were a guest in that house, I would want to take a bath in that bathtub. And I would just say, Okay, you can't come out in the That's porch right. for half an hour. When he did it, he set up a book and a glass of bourbon. But if you oh think about it, if you are really in the middle of nowhere, why not? Yeah. I mean Yeah. If but he, it doesn't sound like he's in the middle of nowhere. No, he is. Oh, he is he's okay. in a little country setting okay, up okay. just outside oh, of that. But I just mean like <laughs> right. if you have a rural home, why right. wouldn't you? Well, um, plus like I have an outdoor shower. Yeah, yeah exactly. As, as long as people can't see. Right. And actually there's a designer in Rosemary Beach named um, Erica Powell. And she has one on her porch mm-hmm. that she like once the as the kids are all playing, you know, out in the grass and getting all muddy and wet coming off the boat, they'll take a bath on their porch mm-hmm. as their bath time. Right. Because so that way they're not, like, trudging through the house. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've taken yeah. a shower on a porch in, oh, it, it was close to Rosemary Beach. It was a little town called Grayton Beach, yeah. which, mm-hmm. um, you know, is now this threatened little tiny enclave of old houses. Mm-hmm. And I featured one of the oldest houses there in my book, and they had the outdoor shower on the porch. And I loved it. It feels so good to bathe outside. Mm-hmm. It really does, yeah. I I mean, we, my parents have a cottage in Maine, and it's the same thing. It faces the woods, not even, the, you know, the ocean, so that you really are in the woods with the deer like walking past as you're yeah. like in the shower and it is it's so it's like you said even in the rain it would like the cold rain to have a hot shower yeah crazy but also very good yeah okay I like so it. i have a question though was mm. the tub did you find in your history you know when you were researching that the tub was there so that your dirty guest that you didn't know uh, as they were coming <laughs> yeah. was that norm? part of it well, welcome stranger take a bath and then come right <laughs> I love that, and I think that you should write it up on an old piece of paper that looked like it's 19th century okay. instead of precedent that people used to bathe on their porches, or that they used to make okay. their guests bathe <laughs> or maybe their guest dog. <laughs> but I love that. So that's a no. I'm taking that as a no. Okay. <laughs> um, I also loved that you have a cheese straw recipe. Oh my gosh, yes. And Wait, we have to talk about cheese straws. straws. Yes. Which Why? I am personally offended by that because I love them. <laughs> yes. We actually have... 
some cheese straws that over there that's our go-to. So you're upset about the little piece in there that just is cheese straws? <laughs> I was. I mean, Wait, I why don't you put like cheese straws out right in front of you to be annoying? But I, I didn't. You <laughs> focused on that, and I was more like, ooh, recipe. <laughs> I just thought that little snippet about cheese straws was one of the funniest things I had ever written, where <laughs> this woman describes them like, you can't go to a wedding, you can't go to do, you know, you can't do anything without cheese straws. That's right. And then she says, I can. Um, and then she ends it saying, I don't know where cheese straws came from. They're kind of like the bowl weevil. They just came in and got all over everything. <laughs> I love cheese straws. Oh, I okay. make cheese straws. I always go to them at a party. I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Right, okay. Well, yeah. I know. Right. So we don't know where cheese, why cheese straws are a thing. No, we don't. I think that's your next book. Just yeah. full because dive in. they're good. What, what else do you need? They it's are just, so they taste good. good. And you know what I do? I yeah. update mine with sriracha, and then I dust oh, it mm. with smoked paprika. <gasps> so it's a little modern take. I am starving. <laughs> that is brilliant. You did have good recipes. Yeah. There. I want to try the, um, it was like collard green, blue cheese dip. Yes. Is it's that good? outrageously good. But you do need to do your, poly- your collard greens the old-fashioned style. You know, cook them for an hour mm. with some, you know, pork. Right. And mm-hmm. then strain them. Squeeze all the moisture out really well because you don't want this to be runny. And yeah. it's mixed with blue cheese and bacon and some cream cheese. And what? I can't remember what else, but it is outrageously good. And it gives you an excuse to get out your mother's chafing dish because it's <laughs> nice served hot. And I feel, you know, something about hospitality is what Bobby said, you know, inventorying all your goods and bring them out. And I adore going in and saying, what haven't I used in a long time? Right. Mm-hmm. How can I use it? Yes. And yeah. that's part of Southern hospitality. Mm. I feel like this is the perfect segue to talk about the upcoming holiday, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yes. It's coming up. And we, I think, should discuss your favorite tips. for. I mean, you do have a whole chapter about entertaining specifically mm-hmm. as it applies more to the dining room, I guess. And well, I um, want to hear about that. Okay, what do we have to have in our dining rooms? What's you the have to have lighting from three different sources. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, good, good one. Because okay. when you look at a, an inventory of a 17th century or 18th century Charleston house, they've got chandeliers, they've got sconces, and they've got candle stands. Mm-hmm. So you get beautiful lighting. And so it's okay to have some can lighting in there as long as you also have sconces or torchieres or something that provides light. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely to have candles around the room, you know, not just on the table, but on the sideboard. Yes. Or if you have standing candle stands, um, that's wonderful. So light. Lighting is key. Linens are not entirely essential. Like, I think tablecloths are beautiful, but they are a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that cloth napkins are essential. Agreed. And, you know, you you can look up on the internet how to wash any kind of stain out of them. And so that's important. I think things that gleam and glimmer on the table Mm -hmm. are wonderful. So silver, cut glass. um, I think what else gleams and glimmers? Mm. Um, well, it could be just even mercury glasses, not to be silver, but something with a, a gold yeah, or silver sheen to it. That's a great it. idea. Or even your china that might have a, a metallic rim. Right. Or a glassware that has a metallic rim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there was a reason for that, because back in the days of candlelight, it was kind of dark, but anything that was gilded showed up. So it was oh, a way to actually you would see things better. God, you're that's just so making smart. sense yeah. of everything in the world. <laughs> but other things are, you know, flowers. 
Mm. And dressing the table, I always tell people, and I try to do this myself, dress the table at least one day before your party um, because you're running wild. And it's, yes. if you leave it to the end, you're not going to do it. Yeah. I, 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 I get so much respect. less stressed if I have everything done the night before on the table. Right. And then mm-hmm. all I have to worry about the next day is the meal. The food, yeah. Right. It's all set up. I've thought about where everyone's sitting. I've thought about what platters I need, right. the serveware that's going to go with them. I've been able to do my inventory. I've looked around in right. the basement and the attic and everyone mm-hmm. gotten all my stuff together. Because right. you forget you even have it. Yeah. yeah, my mom pulls out all of her platters and puts a post-it note yes, on everything label. of what mm-hmm. she's going to serve in it. So that way you know, like, oh, wait, I have a cranberry. Right. Where oh, am yes. I putting my cranberries? Right. Yeah. And then also when people show up to help you. Right. Oh, that's true. It makes it so much like, easier. Oh, the green meat's on this. Oh, that's I'll a good idea. Out, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. And, then it's... and a place card, obviously. I know we've talked many times yes. about needing a place card. Yes. But do that the night before. I agree. Yes. You know? well, because you have to give some thought to where people are going to Right. Sit. Yes. And I love place cards. That's what, And there's so many beautiful ones now. Yes. Um, something else that I really like to do is mix high and low on the table because it relaxes people like you're putting out your most beautiful stuff but you're saying we're not being stuffy right and so one of my favorite things that I have for my mother was her everyday china from the 40s which is that ivy pattern you know that mm-hmm. old sort of pottery with the ivy on it mm-hmm. so when I use that I go out in the backyard and I pull ivy up and I put it all over the table and then I have oh, this hilarious cute. green uh, stemware that was also from the 40s that I mix with that so that's kind of a slightly formal stemware and then you know, stunning silver. Yeah. I love love that. And I I think it's a nice way to sort of dip your toe into using your good stuff Mm -hmm. because then you feel like, okay, well, I'm not doing all of it at once. I can Mm -hmm. do this here and there and then my dinnerware is washable in the dishwasher or whatever. really want that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like you had some really, you know, just all the dining rooms that were featured there were some really great centerpiece ideas. Some just a giant bowl of oranges. And I felt like that would be amazing for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, just I that color question. orange is idea. so. Why, why, why centerpieces? What's the tradition behind that? Do you know, Caroline? I don't know formally, but I have an idea. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so our last podcast was Timothy Corgan. And he talked about translational um, symmetry, or I'm sorry, no, rotational symmetry. And it's how um, something in the center where everything is symmetrical around Mm -hmm. it in a circle draws your attention to that thing. Mm -hmm. So my theory is that your centerpiece, everyone is drawn to that focal point, which is in the center of your table. So everyone is sort of encouraged to Look across mm-hmm. the table, look at each other, mm-hmm. and you're sort of focusing. You keep focusing mm-hmm. on the centerpiece. That's mm-hmm. my idea. I don't I like know. That. What do you think? Uh, Did well, I make it up? The thing is also, you know, you want flowers on your table, <laughs> but you don't want tall flowers because you can't see the other person. Right. And usually in the center, there's not people sitting directly across each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if they are, they can see over it. Mm-hmm. So I think, but I love a centerpiece within individual small things along the table. Yes. Like mm-hmm. I love, very, very Southern, a magnolia in the middle of the table and then camellias or my favorite are gardenias because of the scent. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And you can float those if you have like little candy dishes, if you have little, you know, flat uh, mm-hmm. cut glass or little silver bowls, um, you know, that makes a really pretty table. Or and just little easy. bud vases with yes. a pretty fall leaf in it. Absolutely. I mean, anything that's, you know, yeah. I love little bud vases because you can kind of tuck them all. You put one in your mm-hmm. powder room right. and all you need is just one flower in it. And you it don't need ferns or a fat seal leaf. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I love it when each 
each guest has their own little arrangement. Yes. Yes. So sweet. Baby Baby cups. Let me just say, this is what, if you inherited silver baby cups, that's what you use them for. (gasps) That's cute. You can put oasis in them. And, you know, the flowers will stay happy for a couple of days. and Even yeah. better. So you can cut them a few days in advance. Yeah. And, yes. Something that I did um, when we had guests recently and we were having, like, a big party, too, is I – once my party broke up, then I split all my little mm. tiny arrangements and I put, like, one in the powder room next to the guest bed. Mm. And so you can kind of – if you are having guests for Thanksgiving, maybe you make all of your arrangements a couple of days, you know, the mm-hmm. day before they come, put it in their bedroom – and their pad room, and then during your tape, you know, when you're actually eating, you kind of pull them all well, and pepper them, idea. and then you put them right yeah. back. So that way you don't, you kind of can Multi-use. get double duty. Yeah. I gave them to my guest when they left. I oh, yeah, that's cute. Too. I was like, take these. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And they were very, they were like, no. And I was like, no, please. Yeah. And it did feel good because I was just able to pick it out of the little. What container did you give away? I gave away. I think I just wrapped them and okay, put them in so a baggie. Okay, so it wasn't your silver Mm-mm. and julep. Little I mason wish. jars. Little <laughs> mason jars. That's a great yes. really? And, but I love that idea as being the final gift, you know, parting gift to the mm-hmm. guests to give them the flowers. And um, even a mason jar on the table with a sweet ribbon around absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I've done that. And that's that a great idea. Really, that could actually be the place card because you could tie yes. their name on it. Oh, that's a great idea. And then they take yeah. that home. I love a place card that's <laughs> unconventional. Like, I very, very rarely do a place card that, like, came from a box that you write on I'll write it on a magnolia leaf or on a piece Mm. of fruit or Mm. um, one thing I used to have that I use all the time that Ballard doesn't sell anymore but we should is these little um, they're like little ceramic tags and Mm. I'll use a dry erase marker and I'll write on or or, yeah yeah sharpie Sharpie too and it comes off that's brilliant and then you just place the little ceramic tag on the plate and I just rewrite them every time but it's just you know, anything, but anything, you can really think outside of the box. I think at Christmas, I'll do an ornament with a mm-hmm. place card. You with you know, the name. place card as a kid. Yes. They think they're so cool that their name is mm-hmm. on the table. That's a great idea. It makes them feel really special. Yeah. I'm also grown up. I'm amazed that this, the kids are, love it so That's much. That's right. Like, oh, I found my name and here's where I stand. Mm-hmm. And we used to, at Christmas, we would, my aunt would set the table and we have a, every, I mean, we would have like a 25 person seat at dinner. Mm-hmm. And, it was always like a big deal. Like, oh, go see where you're sitting, or you're at the kids' table. Sometimes a few kids got to sit at the big kid table mm-hmm. or like the adult table, and that right. was exciting. So I think it makes it, it gives you like an extra element of an activity mm-hmm. when you come over and when your guests are over to go and like check out who and they're sitting don't next to. Move the place card. Oh yes, right. Very oh, rude. Naughty, big naughty. No, no. Yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, Karen will know and she will hunt you down. That's right. All right. What else do we need in our dining room? Oh, sorry. For the party. (laughs) Comfortable chairs. You know, um, Mm. I think you want people to stay at the table for a long time and enjoy conversations. So I think comfortable chairs are essential. Okay. I don't know. I feel like we've covered it other than that. You know, a, a dramatic chandelier can be great. I think some kind of, like a centerpiece is important. Having some kind of light pendant hanging above the table is important. Yeah. I have a Moroccan lantern that I bought when I was working on my Morocco book. You know, Very important research, yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Got it home. I took two suitcases, one inside the other, so I could get as Brilliant. much <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, but, um, yeah, so it could be a chandelier. It could be something. On a dimmer. 
on a dimmer. Dimmers. Everything in the dining room has to be in a dimmer. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, I've been to a couple of parties where it's a real chandelier with candles in it. Ooh. And that was magical. Stop. Magical. Did it, what happens? I guess it has like a little thing for the wax to get on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bobesh. Yeah, they're designed with something to keep yes. it from dripping on the guests. Yeah. <laughs> That's been thought through. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. Um, I do have a question for y'all about Southern etiquette. Oh, oh no! What is the etiquette around lighting candles? Because okay, we've argued okay. about this. Well, I, the reason I ask is because I think people have Thanksgiving dinner in the at a different time of day. Mm. Some people do it at night. My family has always done it in the daytime. My grandmother was very specific about you do not light candles on the table when that, it's daylight. That's what I grew up with as well. I do not know if this is accurate, but that was her rule mm-hmm. you did now, not Sarah cross her candles in the day we've already argued about this i thought also you can't you should not have a candlestick that has never been lit just chilling that's yeah, also you, true that's what you that i learned mm-hmm. see you guys have really now i have now I've learned candle. okay but susan i feel like you're you're yeah, the adequate yes. i feel like you would know what the okay. etiquette is well i think that you should not light the candles in the daytime because you know traditionally they were used to light a room i think mm-hmm. you're sort of honoring the tradition of what they were for when you take something that was well you know it can be cool if you take an object like my milking stool and use it mm-hmm. as a side table where you're reinventing something but I think you know they're purpose they're reasons for mm-hmm. some things and I feel like you know it's sort of senseless and I don't think it even looks pretty in the daytime see I feel validated because I live in a I live in 1950s range do you know how dark that area is there are no windows it is a dark dark little corner you have to have lighting okay. so actually I feel validated yeah. even more so, so you can't see using them for light. and it feels silly to turn on your lights mm. during when it's still daylight but there it is so dark that I feel validated yeah. never mind okay yeah. it's practical really yeah see I was being practical but you can light your scented candle during the day <laughs> Absolutely, and you want to light your scented candle. And you don't want a scented candle on your dining no. table. No, oh, no. that's true. But on your uh, in your foyer, yes. your entrance hall, and in your powder room, Ooh, in your powder room, mm-hmm. and and leave one for your guests so they can light it if they want to. But make sure it's a very subtle scent. Ooh. And I like when they're all the same scent mm-hmm. in your I, house. So you your do. Ho- your mm-hmm. home has a scent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing that our stores have, and you can find these anywhere, but I, our stores do have a great um, selection if you're near one, Mm -hmm. but is um, like boldly colored candles, Mm -hmm. like candlesticks. And I'm talking candlesticks, not a scented candle. But Mm -hmm. um, like I'll have, I have like a couple different pairs that I bought over the years and I'll switch them out based on my color palette Mm -hmm. of the table. Like I have just some white, but I also have some hot pink. Mm -hmm. I have some blue ones. So if I'm using like a blue tablecloth, then I'll just pop my blue candlesticks Mm -hmm. into my Interesting. And candles, Batman. Couldn't we get some thrifted candlesticks and spray paint them to match? I don't know. Add some paint. colored china, or you maybe you use flammable up. or non-flammable no. paint. I think there's a well, certain they type have of the kind that you can use on barbecues and stuff. And yeah. Places. Okay. <laughs> you try it and tell us. Report back here. Well, it's not like you get a flame down on your candlestick. What? I don't know. I don't you know, know I like I, to burn a house down. I am not. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about the metal candlestick part? Oh, I thought you were talking about painting your oh, candle itself. I thought you were talking, talking about the, about the, the taper. I'm talking colored. about the wax, yeah. the actual oh, wax the candle. She gets colored candle. wax. Yes, it's yes, a colored candle. Stick. Got it. 
Okay, then Karen, so, yes to your original yes. question. Yes, because yeah, I, I would not spray paint. A I candle. thrifted a okay, whole bunch. <laughs> I thrifted a whole bunch of bases, like candlestick holders, mm-hmm. um, all black on my mantle for mm-hmm. Halloween, yeah. and it looks very yes. So to your point, yes, I've done. I love that. the idea of the black. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Well, yeah. black feels just so good, and it feels traditional all at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So on Sorry, the subject I, yeah. of colored candles, that's a really fun example because originally, you know, all the candles, they were tallow or they were wax and they didn't color them. They were that ivory. Mm-hmm. But I love updating tradition, you know, mm-hmm. so it feels fresh. And that's a perfect way to do that. Yeah. It's a... Especially if you have like your grandmother's candlestick, and I'm well, like a candlestick holder, useful. really, I've, yeah, or candelabra, it can feel very stuffy. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you put like a shimmery pink candle in mm-hmm. it, it's very fun and lighthearted. That's a good idea anyway. because I often you're not gonna like this. Okay, the <laughs> you're now. staring, Susan. Well, I, you know, I have a lot of my mom's um, silver candlesticks mm-hmm. and things, and I don't use them often because right. I do feel like they're a little dressy for. Mm-hmm. And I like a dinner party, and I yeah. like china and all that stuff. But I feel like they feel a little dressy, and but I, I really like that idea of throwing a colored mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. in there. To and there, dress it down you a can little. find you know striped ones. You can find all sorts of fun. Yeah, I love the striped like, ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know what's fun with those candlesticks? Your mother's, your grandmother's, um, little. Why are we having trouble with the word? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, because I feel like if I was listening to this, I'd be like, wait, what? do you mean the actual wax candle, candle or, or candle? burning or the actual candle so holder? What do you call? Okay, I a guess it's a tapered a candle. candle right. Is like what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The candlestick is the Thing holder the that the candle goes in. So I have all different shapes and sizes and color. Uh, not colors, but heights. And mm. one way to make it look modern is to mix all of those together, you know, cluster them mm-hmm. and maybe mix in a contemporary glass one mm. or, you know, a wooden one and sort of mix them all. And then it takes down the formality, but you get the fun of lots of candles. Yeah. Oh, Love I it. read something Love in your book that really, I, I'm doing something wrong and it upset me. <laughs> Well, because you had a tip from the woman in Charleston who's the silver expert. Mm-hmm. What was her name? Dawn Corley, known as the Charleston Silver Lady, and okay. follow her. She's amazing. <gasps> yes. So the Charleston Silver Lady told me that I should not be storing any silver in plastic. Yes. Which I do. What? So do I, even though she told me. Okay. <laughs> plastic bags, like Ziplocs? Yeah, well, I have those giant Ziplocs, mm-hmm. and I put some silver trays in them, and then I also keep my flatware in Tupperware. Right. Which is very handy. Right. So, but now I'm, I'm worried. Wait, that, why? Tell the rest of Oh, her. she said because it pits it? Yes. It, it's something chemically and that will um, speed up the pitting process on, oh, the, on wow. the silver. But, you know, I have a feeling about silver, which is that mm-hmm. it's there for us to use. Right. And whatever we do with that. I mean, a lot of people put it in the dishwasher. I have put mine in the dishwasher. But Dawn convinced me not to put it in the dishwasher <laughs> because she said something which is smart. It's a, it's a hot chemical environment. Right. Uh, but still, if it, if, if it makes you use it, then use it. Right. And one of my yeah. mottos, which I don't always follow, is why use stainless steel when you have silver use it every day and that brings us to the topic of hospitality at home hospitality begins at home treat yourself like a guest in your home practice that and then you know Mm -hmm. when your guests do come you know it's not like you have to you know get out everything and get fancy it's like treat yourself to these things yeah that's true and you know what we talked we've talked in the past about you know who's more important in your life and who do you love more than your family so why aren't you treating them as well as you would treat the guests that come exactly. into your home? You know, treasure them as much. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, (laughs) surprise them by making their (laughs) guest bedroom, like, really lovely. And, and, you know, have some little chocolate bonbons on the bed on a little silver tray and some flowers. And, you know, they'll be surprised and they'll feel really, you know, loved. That wasn't, yeah, what do we need for our guest rooms is what I was going to ask before our guests get here. The no, I think we've had this conversation about what you need in your guest rooms, but it's all about very utilitarian things. You got to have clean towels. We had a whole debate about, do you have white? Do you have dark? Mm-hmm. There's a whole, we had a whole thing about it. But your um, your chapter about it, you had a lot of things to have in your guest room that was had no real functional purpose mm-hmm. and was more about setting a stage. So I, I wonder if you could tell them about the props. That. The props. Yes, the props. Absolutely, the props. Well, you know, the guest bedroom is a great place to put all those little family pieces of furniture and doodads that you don't know what to do with anywhere in the house. <laughs> uh, but once they're in the guest room, they're great little sort of curiosity pieces. Put your, you know, put a collection on the walls. Use like if you have a little candle stand or, you know, little tiny table, you know, put it by the chair. Um, I've heard a lot of people say don't put family photos in your guest room because they're kind of intimate and people feel like they're being looked at by people <laughs> they don't know. Uh, but my great grandfather staring at you. <laughs> right. But to use silver, Don Corley says always put silver in the guest room because it's a touch of luxury and it shows, you know, that you want to share your best things with them. And you know, you could put cotton balls and Q-tips in it and put it in the bathroom. Yes. Uh, I thought I thought that was so smart because it's you would if I was staying at someone's house I would never be like Taryn give me a cotton ball because I would just say it's not that important but it is something that you use and you may not necessarily think to travel with Mm -hmm. I thought that was so smart and I think you know even have things like you know nail clippers a spare toothbrush, unopened, uh, some toothpaste. <laughs> you know, think of everything that you may have not had with you when you traveled. You're like, oh, my gosh, I left it at home. Um, and what, you know, What's usually in a hotel room? You yeah. Those little things, uh, you know, disposable razors, mm-hmm. all of that. Tampons. And you know what I really like? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not uh, cool to talk right. about, but yeah. very. Yeah, we also talked about a plunger. Oh, yes. Yes. Because I've had guests have to sheepishly have to come to me and say, yeah. Do you have a plunger? <laughs> so I now keep a plunger in mm-hmm. my guest bathroom. <laughs> I keep mouthwash in a crystal decanter. Oh, that's, oh, that's lovely. cute. And it's pretty color. You know, you can get the color that you like for your room. That's Another cute. nice like idea was, you know, either perfume or cologne, but there's something called Florida water, which is an old fashioned thing. And you can get it online and it's orange blossom scented water. And if you put that like, either, and they come in cool old bottles, or you could put it in a, in a you know, a spray, a, a, like a cut glass spray bottle or something. Because um, they said refresh your guests. You know, they may after traveling want to just freshen up a little bit. That's nice. Yeah. The best. Man. Okay. Oh, there was one. I think I've talked about this tip once before, but I'm just going to mention it again. One thing that I did. Um, when I had I had some people staying at our house, but we weren't going to be there, so I wanted to leave them like a little note about my favorite places to go that mm-hmm. they could walk to. And I thought, and then after I had made this note, anytime people came over, we would just put it in the guest room because mm-hmm. sometimes they might be there for an afternoon when we were at work or whatever, and they would know like, oh, I should go to this coffee shop, and right. this place has a great blueberry muffin, and this, mm-hmm. and so I think that's something you can easily just scribble down onto a piece of paper and just pull out whenever you need it. And it helps people entertain themselves when they're visiting you and they don't have to be up under your feet all the time. And people like a little autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. Or even your favorite walking trail. 
in the guest room with that and places to eat nearby places to eat in downtown Charleston you know even I suggest a walking tour with where they should start and where they should end I have lists of um people who do architectural walking tours people who do kayak expeditions and I just Uh. have it all in there and so they you know they say oh well and then I have maps of Charleston downtown Charleston so smart. That is so kind. I need to get lost in your neighborhood so I can find the open <laughs> gate <laughs> and invite myself. You're always welcome. <laughs> Should we do some decorating dilemmas? Will you help us? Absolutely. Excellent. We had a lot of questions recently, oh so thank gosh. you everyone for sending yes, them in. Yes, thank it's been you fun. everyone. Super great questions too. Okay, so this one's from Emily, and she writes and says, I've been binge listening to your show since my friend introduced me two weeks ago. I have since bought a Ballard Indoor Outdoor rug, the Amazon dish towels, <laughs> and as an ode to our own French bulldog, the Mr. French Stone Bulldog. Aww. May he rest in peace, That's sweet boy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to your inspiration and stories. We recently moved from Birmingham to D.C. and sold our home that I renovated and decorated and are now renting in Alexandria. Since we're running, there isn't much I can do to the inside, and my furniture works well enough, but the outside just doesn't feel like home. It's a townhouse, but the entrance is in a hallway, and another door is across the hall. We have a lot of space, and I feel like I could make it pretty using some planters and a cute welcome mat. My mom also gave me a wicker bar cart to use, which I was thinking would be cute to switch out seasonally. I tasked her some pictures of the space. The card is white, but I am thinking of painting it. I feel inspired to use color, and I'm leaning towards a purple or slaty blue, but would love your help with a color along with planter ideas. Also, would a wreath be overkill? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. So she does have, it's a, so I like to describe the photos. Okay, so there is a a wide, I'd say 10-foot wide hallway um, that, there's a door on either side in the middle of the hallway and it's white painted white brick and just sort of a, a raw cement floor. And she's wanting to zhuzh that space up. Mm-hmm. What should she do? Yes. As our inter- as our Southern hospitality, <laughs> well, what can she do? I love the idea of the wicker bar cart with her changing out floral or just greenery like ferns. One thing we were thinking about was to have some fake topiary. And I would recommend four, put two on the left side of her door with the bar cart in the middle. And I'm sort of leaning towards slate blue, but there's an idea there. And then your other two topiary on the right. So you have a symmetry with a touch of asymmetry. My thought when I looked at this instantly was that she needed a polypropylene runner to put along the front of her house that would bring color, that would soften up the brick floor. And then the uh, bar cart should just be painted a color that goes with the rug. Mm -hmm. And the door is black, it looks like. It's a really pretty door with nice brass. It's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The other reason I like the bar cart, and maybe this is just me. Y'all tell me if you agree with this. But I used to have a little like bistro table next to my front door and it was very handy when you're running out the door you have your tote bag your purse your coffee mug your lunch and like you have all these things and i felt like i could never i always had a place to put it down Mm -hmm. while i was locking the door Mm -hmm. so it it actually is very handy to have a little table next to the door yeah and i love the idea of filling it up with ferns and or you know other house plants because it doesn't look like this area gets much sun Mm -hmm. um so it you know things that would flourish in the shade i think would be beautiful yeah 
add a lot of life right there. Yes. And I'm just all about the rug. I, <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, almost, well, this is her foyer in right. a way. Oh, that's a So she point. needs to dress it like her foyer. And the yeah. rug it will sort of make it clear that you're sort of in a transitional space to the indoors. And tell people who you are. What was that thing you said? It's like your stamp. Oh, yeah. Confidence. Character with confidence. Yes. I go. like character it. Character with confidence. I thank you for listening, that. Emily. We really appreciate it. And thank it's you. Cute I think this is such a charming front door. It is. It's a pretty it's blue color. Oh, my gosh. White trimmer. around the pilasters. It's yes. kind of, you know, a classical surround. It's very elegant. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's agreed. lucky to have such a great little entrance. Yeah, agreed. Okay, we, we have, have we have one more for you today. <laughs> this one is from Caitlin, and she writes, Love, love, love the podcast. It keeps me company during my long Atlanta commute. I especially love your trials and triumphs. <laughs> I feel like we could be friends. <laughs> we could be. We yes, definitely for could sure. be. Just come on um, Okay, so she writes, We moved into a 100-year-old house about a year ago, and window treatments in this house baffle me. There are so many glass doors and windows above built-ins in this house. But in the bedrooms, I really want curtains, and I would love to use your acrylic curtain rods. One bedroom in particular is giving me heartburn. <laughs> My stepdaughter's room has a fireplace with a window on each side and is very close proximity. All the trim work for the windows and fireplaces are connected, and there's a built-in mirror above the fireplace. She also has another wall of windows behind her bed. How do I treat the ones on either side of the fireplace? Should I get two of the six foot rods and butt them against each other to give the illusion of one long rod going all the way across the windows in the fireplace and then she asked or do I get two four foot rods with just have them over the windows and do I have one panel on each fireplace window or do I put two panels on each window the fireplace is converted to gas and we don't really use it so catching curtains on fire isn't a big concern of mine I really appreciate your advice um, and then she said, P.S. I apologize that the room looks a little like a teenager lives in it. You have to give them some freedom to decorate their own spaces, right? Of course right? you do. I think it's a cute room. I think mm-hmm. it's adorable. Yeah. I love having a fireplace in a bedroom. Lucky yeah. girl. So charming. So she does have this fireplace that is flanked by two windows. And that's pretty much that whole wall. There's not much room other than that. Yeah. And, and the she, windows come up like right up to the... They touch the fireplace. Yeah. yeah. And, and she's wondering, should her rod go all the way across so it spans across the fireplace, or should she do individuals over each window? What are your thoughts? So I love curtains. One of the things I, one of my mottos was, there's no problem a good curtain can't fix. <laughs> That's actually very true. So, you can do a lot of camouflage. Yes, yeah. yes, but here I think it could be really dramatic. It could turn this room into something that feels like a little pavilion with diaphanous walls. So my advice is a very long curtain rod mm-hmm. with two panels on either side so you have a sense of fullness all the way down to the floor. The rod should be mounted above the molding of the windows so that you see that very clearly. It doesn't, you know, you don't so want you can to see the pretty yeah, molding. Because it's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, I recently did something similar to this and I bought two. I had an 11 foot window. So I bought two rods. I had, uh, they were like one and a half inch wood dowels from Home Depot. I had them cut one of them to the right length so I could screw them together, got heavy wooden uh, curtain rod holders and painted everything the same color. And then I waxed the um, rod with soap. You rub soap on it so that the wooden rings, and be sure you get wooden rings, move easily across. <gasps> it. Genius. So you, you don't think she should use the acrylic? Mm, well, it doesn't sound like it's possible with right. what she has to do. I feel like it might look a little janky. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a question. Okay, what if she 
this might be a bad idea. What if she <laughs> um, uses the acrylic rod, which has brass end caps and brass rings and brass brackets over the bed? So that's she's got a perfect size there. And then she uses a brass, just a brass rod, mm -hmm. sort of like a French rod, right? Um, on the other. I think that's a lovely idea. Those. Yeah. So it doesn't match, but it coordinates. What do y'all? Caroline's giving me the uh, -uh look. Mm. You don't like that. Uh, it just depends it, what her. What do you want to focus on? Mm. I think here's the thing. Like, there's not where your two rods are going to meet in the corner because the walls are side by side. I think it's going to look weird because they're right next to each other. If they were like, if the room was bigger and further apart, I, I, mean, just I think really the hate to discourage someone. So gorgeous, it that, is. like why you don't want to? Even though the acrylic rod the is cool, I think that's not what you're gonna. You want your person like I love this molding. I want to see that. I want to mm -hmm. enjoy that. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like her. Um, she likes a little bit of a modern touch, just because of the light fixture she has and the in bed. There. I think maybe she's bed. trying thinking that acrylic would be youthful and fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with um, that. But, but it has to be functional. But let your fabric be the youthful fun thing. How about yeah. that? I want to throw out another idea, though. I'm Ooh. looking at this, and I'm thinking, I don't know if a curtain rod is going to look good spanning that area above the fireplace you uh, know, by uh -huh. itself, because it's always going to be showing. True. Mm -hmm. What about doing two curtain rods, one on either side, and just treating those as individual windows? So and she mentions that, yeah. Do four foot, four foot, and then the eight foot over the bed. I would do that. Yep. And you know what? I like the acrylic with the brass with this light fixture because mm -hmm. it has yes. bits of brass on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we think she needs two panels on each side of the fireplace, correct? Yes. So is she keeping them like open? But Well, is she keeping one on each side? Yes. yes. So they're, okay. I'm just wanting to clarify. Or you could go the other way. You could just, you know, put a nice um, holder and drape it, sort of swag it and have it out to the outer edge of the mm -hmm. windows. Mm -hmm and create a sense of symmetry. Well, Taryn had a good point earlier when we were discussing this before we started, which was if you're not getting custom panels, go ahead and buy four and stick them up there and see what you think. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. pull two down if it's too many. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I, I know we've had this discussion many times on the show, but I, it doesn't bother me to have one panel or, or even if it's two panels all smushed to one side. I like that. That doesn't bother me at all because it, I don't love how if it was one on each side of the window, mm -hmm. it would it would cover part of the window because right. you wouldn't be able to squish it up right. there. There's and there's not any room between the window and the fireplace. And right. I think it would look prissy. <laughs> uh -huh. mm -hmm. And you don't want to priss up this room because it's really sort of looks like arts and crafts, has a little masculine mm -hmm. yeah. side to it. So I think it's more dramatic when you swoop the whole thing over to one side mm -hmm. of the window. I also, I know that you didn't want this, but even Roman shades with a fun pattern in this youthful room would be mm -hmm. um, Well, she could do fun and the clean. panel with the bed and do Roman shades on the other side. the two little windows mm -hmm. by the fireplace, yeah. mm -hmm. which sort of solves all of those mm -hmm. kind of issues of space and mm -hmm. still gets that softness and mm -hmm. pattern in the room. Right. And it, it just honors the architecture because there really is pretty wall treatment in here with moldings. Right. I wish I had that in my house. <laughs> And she has shades already for privacy, so it's. Yeah. I think it's just really to add the softness to the room, which I think is welcome. Mm -hmm. And she can do like a um, one some um, shades that they have like a more relaxed. Mm -hmm. It's not like a super tight. Volu mm -hmm. voluminous, but it's like a relaxed. It has a, like a little mm -hmm. dip in it. It's mm -hmm. not straight across. Mm -hmm. So I think it would sort of help add like this is a very angular straight yes. wall, and it would add that. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If you were going to do a Roman shade on this, you right. could do a relaxed style so that it has more softness versus just the square, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. That's I think that idea. would mm-hmm. So many, many options. It's so <laughs> two panels and two shades. Because I feel like the yeah. softness of the panels with the bed is going to be very pretty and frame the bed. And then the pan uh, the Roman shades on the mm-hmm. other side will mm-hmm. not get in the way of her stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Her stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good idea. And you can let the molding shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, yeah. You can inside like inside mount it. Yeah. So they don't cover up your pretty architecture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a beautiful home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, come see us anytime. Yeah, you can for look sure. us up online. Yeah. Their address is public. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, would you tell everyone where they can find you, see your books? Okay. Well, I have a website, susansully.com, and my books, you can order them in any online store, you know, certainly Amazon and Barnes and Noble. A lot of the little design stores are carrying them now. I'm heading over to ADAC soon to talk about my book. Um, I'll be lecturing here, there, and everywhere. And on my website, I have a tab for news and events, so it will list what's coming up next. So if there's something near you, you can come, and you can contact me directly if you have a question or just want to talk about Southern style. Wonderful. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. Of course, check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. And don't forget to enable the how to decorate skill in your Amazon account so that you can listen to us from your Alexa Great job, Carolyn. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating.